<laughs> well, I just want to share a quick, quick word before we pray tonight. I hope this will be something that will help us. Um, I'm going to read from a couple of scriptures, Hebrews and Genesis and Matthew. Yeah, it's going to be quick right now. We're going to read fast. In Hebrews 12 and 14, it says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. That's a statement that's made in the Bible. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. What is holiness? Righteous living, right living. Uh, holiness is set apart from darkness. That's a good one. Um, walking in the light, holiness. It's um, a good way, I think, to think about it. If I got a shotgun at home and it's made by Mossberg and it, you know, I paid two hundred and fifty dollars for it or whatever at at, at Kmart back in the day. I've got a gun that's going to probably do me to, to hunt with and maybe do a little target shooting. But if I got to where I was going out shooting every day and running thousands of rounds through it, that gun cannot stand that test. It can't withhold. It can't stand up to that kind of pressure. But if I go and I buy a Browning, same kind of gun, basically the same stuff, but it's made better, and it can hold that kind of stuff and shoot it for 10 years, shooting thousands of rounds a year you're through it without it breaking down and the pieces breaking down. It's a cut above. It's better than the other one. Think of holiness that way. See, the world acts one way. We act a cut above. Do we always get it right? No. Anybody in here always getting it right? No. But... We strive to act a cut above, a cut above the substandard, so to speak. That's a good way, that, in my opinion, how we would look at holiness. Without which, without pursuing happiness or peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by the many become defiled. A root of bitterness. We just got through picking a whole pile of beans this week. Some of y'all got some cucumbers tonight that came from a couple little bitty seeds that got put in some dirt. Small seeds. If you raise lettuce, you can get a whole bunch of lettuce to eat, and them seeds are so fine. You just, at my age now, you get so you can't see them. I just need my glasses changed, that's all. But they're a very small seed, a cucumber seed, just like what you got inside your cucumber there. It's a little bitty thing. And if it dries out out there in a good wind, it's just going to blow anywhere if you don't have it in a sack or in, in some kind of container. But that seed has now spread out. And, I, you know, Eddie was over my cucumber patch. It spread out pretty good, ain't it? Got a bunch of blooms on it. All of that came from a little bitty seed. And it's producing fruit. Fruit is whatever it is, is what it's going to bear. 
we put out a pound of beans and then got somewhere in the neighborhood of about 120 or 30 pounds of beans off of one pound of seeds. That's a pretty good yield, isn't it? And I'm not saying that to say I know anything. Mr. Hensley knows it all. But the Lord has to do his part. And there's a root that takes place. That seed goes in and then it starts making a root before it ever starts coming up over the ground. And whenever that root gets down, it starts growing, it starts taking, it starts getting a hold. It can handle some dry spells. It can handle those kinds of things and then it's pretty soon it's going to pop out through the ground and then this, the plant is going to grow. And in a certain amount of time, every how many days it is for that thing to bear fruit, then it's going to start bearing fruit, and it will bear a lot of it. The cucumbers that I brought in here tonight was a half a bushel, not even a half a bushel, but there's enough seeds in there to, to plant, a, to plant a, a cucumber patch that you wouldn't want to take care of because it'd be huge if everything we were to bear like it, it we would expect. And so it says this root of bitterness can get in. You're not going to know it's there usually until you start seeing the fruit from it. By that time, it's taken a hold. And he warns us of these kinds of things. And the word tells us to watch out because if we don't make peace with all people, the alternative is one of the things is, is bitterness is going to come in. And that's not what we need in our lives because he also said here, if you're not seeking peace, then you're going to have bitterness. If you're not seeking peace, you're not going to see God. Pretty, pretty definitive wording, isn't it? And so Genesis, in Genesis 4, we see that Cain and Abel, they both went and they were making uh, sacrifices to God. Abel, he slew animals. Cain, he raised the garden. And yet the Lord didn't take because of the, what was in his heart. He didn't receive his offering because it was done in vain. It didn't mean anything. And the Lord did that, and so his countenance changed. But read here in 4 and 6, and Genesis 4 and 6. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? He was angry because God didn't receive his offering. For whatever reason, he, did, he got angry, and he was angry at the Lord first. He was angry at his brother because he did receive his offering, so that was jealousy. And there was some kind of root that had to be there, and when pressure came, you got to see what fruit was there. You see, and that's not for you and me to look at one another. We can, and we can spot it, and we pray. We give it to God and let him fix it. But that's mainly for me and you to look at ourselves. That's why all these warnings is in the Bible for us. It's so we can look at ourselves. But it says here, he says, And why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? So he had to act a certain way, and his way of acting wasn't right with God, and that's why there was a problem. You see, we live in a world today that waters down the gospel and waters down our Christianity because we don't want to offend people. But yet, here God gave it to him straight and let him know what had to be done, and we also know that he didn't take God's heed, did he? He didn't listen to what God had to tell him. He ended up killing his brother. 
And he roamed around as a vagabond for the rest of the time. A wanderer looking for a place to settle. Looking for a place to be away from those that were going to probably kill him or look out or to do harm to him. He says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not well, get the load of this line. Sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. Brothers and sisters, sin lies at the door and it wants you. Remember them Uncle Sam signs that would be up there that Uncle Sam pointing their finger and saying, Uncle Sam wants you or I want you however it was. You remember that? That's exactly how sin is. It lies at the door and it wants you. Devil hates God. Devil hates us. And that's what he does. And he's very crafty with what he does. It says, but you should rule over it. God didn't say some supernatural thing was going to come, no. You should rule over it. Yesterday, I came home from somewhere I had been. Changed clothes like four times yesterday. Took two showers because I sweat a lot. Waylene says amen. I sweat a lot. She can hear my sweat drops dropping on the ground from her house when she's on the mower. But <laughs> I done lost my train of thought now. Uh, anyway, I come home yesterday morning. Oh, I know. We took our bags over, and Ken and Alicia and Ashley carried our suitcases for us. I hope they don't run off, because if they do, we got one pair of britches to wear for a week. So. But I got home, and when I got home, there's a big old black snake laying on the porch. Had his belly right up against the crack of the bottom of the front door. Now, we have... We have Glass that comes up the side of our door, and it's got glass in the middle, but it's that beveled kind of stuff, so you, you really can't see through it to know what's going on either way, one way or the other. And so I get my phone out, and I'm trying to pull up their phone numbers to call them and say, don't open this door. Because, I mean, he was, boy, he was hugging it. He was, it must have been some cool air seeping out the bottom. But he was laying there, and whenever I walked up, he kind of raised his head up. And I was like, okay, sit tight, buddy. But as I'm trying to get their numbers pulled up, I hear Ryan walking through, and I can tell it's him. You know, I see the, the shape coming through the glass. And I yell, don't open the door. Now, Ryan, he can hear good, but he couldn't hear good yesterday for some reason. He's like, what? <laughs> I said, don't open the door. Why? So I was afraid he's going to open that door, and that snake, you know, if you open the door, usually you're back here. Well, he didn't open the door. We took care of business. I told him what was going on, but the whole time I went and got me a hoe, and this thing was trying to peck its way through the glass. It could see that it, was a, it could go through. It was trying to get in. And God just started talking to me and says, you know what, that's just how I am because I'm everywhere. I see what tomorrow holds. I see what troubles lie ahead. I know what the enemy is trying to do, and I'm going to warn you. Can you hear him is the question. He tries to warn us, but what happens is if that door would have gotten opened and that black snake would have got in our house, somebody would have been putting us up last night. I'd have been out in the camper or something, but, but, and here's why. Here's why. Because when it comes in, 
You open the door for it, and it takes the opportunity to come in. You see, it, it tries to get in. Sin is always lying at the door, trying to get in, trying to trip us up, trying to steal your peace. If that black snake would have gone in our house, there would have been no peace. And he's hard to catch, right? He gets in the house, he's going to figure out, get under the couch, around by the desk, under a piece of furniture, and they're hard to catch. And then you don't want to tear your house up. I mean, I just take a shotgun outside and shoot them and it's done, but you don't, can't blow a hole in the floor of your house because then there won't be no peace either. But the point is, is whenever that sin comes in, it will rob you of your peace. You can't sleep good at night. Because it's always lurking around. It's always sticking its head out just enough to be seen and then it backs up so you can't catch it and take care of it. And that thing can become a root. It can get embedded in and it can grow and whenever it gets embedded in, it's hard to get rid of. That's what the Lord showed me yesterday. I, I don't know. I must have had a fever or something, but I just kept running it over in my head, but I was shouting the warning. Ryan couldn't quite hear it. You see, sin lines at the door and wants to come in. But the Lord, he's also there doing this. And if he comes in, he's going to stomp on some, some demons. He's going to stomp on some serpents. He'll take care of business because where his light comes in, he will expose it all and he will get rid of it. He'll help you to get rid of it. He knows how. All he has to do is speak the word. All he has to do is give the command. All he has to do is show us the way and says, follow me. And we're going to take care of this. That's what he does. This root of bitterness that can come in when we ain't trying to make peace and do what the world says, the world gives us justification for being the way we are. Bob treated me bad, so therefore, I don't like Bob. I might even treat Bob bad. That's the world's thinking. That should never be the church's thinking. We're believers. We're followers of Christ, and that's not what he showed us to be like. He showed us that we should love one another. Unconditional. See, the world knows of phileo love, brotherly love. Brotherly love is, and most people are like this, you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. You step on my toe and I'm going to stomp yours. That's brotherly love. It's got conditions upon it, but God's love doesn't. God's love says, whatever. That doesn't mean we get to live how we want. And grace in some places and the way people preach it has been done way, way off base. That doesn't mean we get to live how we want to live. But his love, he died on the cross for you and me, Brother Gene, before we was ever born. He paid the price that we couldn't pay. That's love. And that's how we're to be. I'm going to read one more scripture and we're going to pray for a minute. 18, Matthew 18 and 21. <clears throat> and I'm going to read quite a bit here just to get this in. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. And Jesus said to him, I, did, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. 
10,000 talents is a lot. In today's terms, it'd be like billions of dollars. Now, this was back then, but in today's terms with our weights and measures and things like that and the pounds and, and such, it would be like three or four billion dollars. He owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and that the payment be made. And the servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you. Then the master of the servant, now notice he's saying servant here. If you're saved, you're a servant. If you ain't saved, you ain't nothing. He's talking to believers. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. That's like a day's wage. And he had a hundred of them that he owed, so a hundred days wages. And it's 365 days in a year. We get weekends off. That's about a third of what he'd make in a year. Right? Does that sound about right? So he owed him basically a third of what he was going to make in that year. And he laid hands on him, and he took him by the throat. Now, this guy was angry. He took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. And he would not, and went out and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved, and came and told their master all that had been done. And then, then his master... After he had called him, said unto him, You wicked servant. Did you hear what I just said? This is in red. Jesus is telling this. So when it's in red, it counts. It really counts. This is what Jesus said. You wicked servant. I don't want to be called wicked by Jesus, do you? Because we're going to read on about something here. We're going to cover some ground here that, ooh, yeah, we just a minute. You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers. Demons would be probably a good one. Until he should pay all that was due him. You ever know somebody that they just look like they've been eating lemons the whole time? You ever say something to them, they're always short and crass with you? Oh, but they love Jesus. That's who he's talking about. They have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. There's something going on. And here's the catch. Let's finish reading this. Here's the catch. They were tortured. They can't sleep good at night. Nothing makes them happy. They're always ill in their spirit. These are servants, by the way. These are servants. These are Christians. These are believers why? Some kind of root of bitterness got started somewhere, and now there's a problem. And his master was angry and delivered him to the tortures until he should be able to pay, until he should pay what was due him. So my heavenly Father also will do, if, do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother 
his trespasses. Don't think you're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and life is good. No, we got to walk the walk. Because this guy was a servant, and he was turned over to who? The torturers. Probably a good scripture for once saved, always saved, doesn't fly. Because he had to act a certain way. We're not saved because of what we do. But if we're saved, there's going to be some things that we are going to do. One of the things that we're going to be able to do is we're going to be able to receive teaching. That's what's wrong with our world today. The hatred that we see going on, everybody's avoiding the teaching. Everybody's avoiding taking that word out. I don't want to be there and be a servant of Jesus Christ. And all because of some sort of bitterness that would grow up inside of me cause me to lose out with him. That's what we need to pray for tonight. Pray for our churches around the world. Pray for our brothers and sisters around the world. Pray for our nation. Because if the church ain't acting no better, how in the world can you go expect the sinners in the world to act any better? That was a good amen spot right there. Tough, ain't it? It is tough. It is tough. It is tough. But let me tell you something. Jesus talked and he offended people all the time. What are we going to do with it? We're going to apply it and let it work? Or are we going to get mad at the Lord or mad at somebody else? That's what's wrong with the world today. It ain't about you. Can I tell you? I'm going to go. It, your life is not about you. You're in church tonight. It's not about you. It's about him. The quicker we get that, the quicker we can take a lot of things. We grow tough skin. We get into the word. We learn. We're starting to break things down. We're able to see it, and then we can see that's the snake laying outside the door just waiting for that door to open up so he can go in and create havoc. Y'all ever seen Sweetie walk on water? If that snake would have gotten the house, she'd been walking on air. So tonight, let's go ahead, and we're going to pray for a bit. They're going to give us some music to pray by. Take your request, and remember, somebody is dependent on your prayer. And it could be they're weak in their spirit and can't pray. They didn't give up praying. You ever heard of somebody going to give up praying? I know a guy whose dad got saved, and he said, I didn't give up on him months ago, just before he died. But somebody else was praying. So let's go to prayer tonight. Pray for these. Pray for whatever the Holy Ghost lays on your heart. Whoever he lays on your heart. Whatever he lays on your heart. Let him do the leading.